Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Hi. Hi, Lawsie. Hello. How are you? I'm good, and I'm really enjoying the view right now with your <laughs> new little chop. So creepy. I'm enjoying the view. Well, usually we're both a sweaty mess, but because it's so hot today, we both got our summer dresses on and you've got your fresh new haircut looking yes, fab. I cut off all of my hair. Mm. It so feels so good. I feel like for everyone else, they wouldn't understand that you've been thinking about this for such a long time, going yep. back and forth in your mind. <laughs> you finally took the plunge. It looks yeah. great. I was just worried about, I'm very much a practical yep. hair chopper. Yep. So I get a haircut when my ponytail gets too long and it's annoying when I work out. Yeah. And so I wanted to get short hair because it's more practical. My hair takes sometimes three hours to dry because it's yeah, so it's thick. so thick and long. Um, so what well, used to, not anymore, <laughs> mother knew me. Um, so I wanted to cut it, but then I didn't want to make it so short that I couldn't tie it up when yeah. I trained. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but it feels, oh, it's so weird just feeling it and having, you know, like nothing there. Even it was so funny. I was, I was saying to Steph when I got to the office, when it was cut off, I kind of, it didn't, wasn't even that much of a, yeah. I can't explain it. it no emotional connection to your hair. Yeah, I don't have a said. lot of emotional yeah. connection to my hair. So, yeah, and my, I'm very lucky. My hair grows very, very quickly, but I think I'm loving it. And yeah. I'm actually laughing. I was saying to Seth before, we have a family WhatsApp group. <laughs> mum listens to the podcast. Hi, mum. So she will hey, hear this. <laughs> uh, and mum just said that <laughs> hair looks great, Laura. Corporate explanation marks. <laughs> mum, that is not a compliment. <laughs> Julie, that's exactly what she was going for. How did you know? I think I look like I'd be really good with children. It's hard because right now it's styled very straight. Yes. So like your hair naturally has a lot more wave to it and everything. So I think that's where it'll look a little bit more relaxed and cute and like fun. Beachy right now vibes. it does look very corporate. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. But so beautiful no. and sleek and mature. <laughs> I love it. I look like a, a mum. Outside of your hair, yeah. you have been studying <laughs> uh, little yeah. bookworm. How yes. are you going? I, well, one subject is finished. Yay. That's amazing. And then now I have to start the other subject, which I've neglected. Any youth <laughs> student will understand this. You always neglect like a few subjects per semester because you know you'll catch up on it before your exam. Mm. And I'm at that point. So I'm learning everything from week one, which is, yeah. I'm not going to listen to the lectures though because... They're two hours and it's just too long. I could not. I would have about 26 hours of lectures to do. So I'm mm. not going to do that. I'm just reading the textbook. Well, luckily for you, after the Melbourne Fitness Expo, that was ah, kind of our yes. last event of the year. So work is slowing down a little bit for yeah. us. So you've got a little bit more time to spend at home, which Amazing. is good timing, I suppose, with this subject that you're not enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you to everyone who came down to yes. the Melbourne um, Fitness Expo. We actually know a lot of you who travelled pretty far and aren't local Melbourne Melbourneites? Is that what we're called? Uh, Melburnians. Melburnians. Yeah. I don't know what a Melbourneite is. I don't know. It's I'm like gonna... a stalactite. I feel like it's cuter. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for everyone who came. We love seeing the familiar faces. It's mm. cool whether we met you through the tour or through the um, retreats we've done or through um, the, community? the expos in the last couple of years. And even exactly just seeing your faces pop up on the Facebook community all the time and then seeing you in person and meeting you is so rewarding. So. We really, really love that part. Everyone kind of comes up to us after the, after the workout and apologises or said like, you guys must be so tired of this. Oh, it's no. literally our favourite part of any expo and everything. I mean, working out with you guys is amazing, but then getting to meet you and mm. hear your stories or just give you a nice hug because honestly, without your support, we couldn't be doing what we're doing. So 
never apologize for coming to meet us. <laughs> it's never, um, it's never, I don't know, uncomfortable for us. It's the best. It's literally the, the best. best. The best part about our job by yeah. a mile. Mm. So today's podcast. Yes, I'm so excited for this one. Yeah. So obviously you guys would be so used to us having female guests on other than Dalt and Danny. <laughs> yes. Um, but we've got Alex Hayes, who's a good friend of um, mine He's basically, if I want to like sum him up really, but you can't because he's so incredible. There's so much you could say about him is he was basically a surfer boy, Aussie surfer boy turned content creator. Um, He's got thousands of um, subscribers on YouTube and over Instagram and he's just incredible what he can do with editing and videos. And he's also just such an amazing personality and he's always got such a positive vibe whenever I've found myself around him at an event or when we've had him for stuff for soda you're just instantly happy around him mm. um so I really enjoyed getting to know him and his story a little bit more and the background of where he got to and how he got to today and what I also like about him is that he is open about things like mental health and I think mm. more guys in the spotlight need to be um and for a young kid like I think he's only 21 the is he's he? so wise and so kind of like sure of himself and in tune with himself um so I think you guys are going to really enjoy it um yeah I I did that's <laughs> a good one, one two, three, Alex to the kickboard. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. And welcome to my little hotel room in Bondi. Thank you for coming. This is the best pop-up studio I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, you're impressed by my podcasting equipment. Yes, usually I just speak into a phone. <laughs> I've heard your podcasts. Yeah. I liked them. They're very um, in the moment, I would say. Spontaneous. Yeah. yeah, very spontaneous and in the moment. If I just like, for like f- most of them, I've just picked up my phone and th- thought, okay, I'm just going to speak randomly t- as if I'm on a phone call. Good. And it just ends up being like 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, cool. I think it's raw. It's relatable. Um, so every time we have a guest on, we start off with the same three questions. Mm-hmm. First one is three fun facts about you. Three fun facts about me. Everyone gets stumped on the word fun. Like yeah. they have to impress. <laughs> no, uh, I'm spontaneous. Mm-hmm. I'm erratic. And energetic mm, nice yeah yeah kind i feel of like the first three that what i know of you that sums you up pretty good and adhd <laughs> <laughs> <For a fourth. laughs> um what about the most pivotal moment in your career or most your life? pivotal moment in my career geez it's so it's, there's been like so many moments that i've looked back on and been like damn i genuinely would not be where i am today without that moment that's cool but one of the most pivotal moments for myself mentally would be like having an injury when I was 17, when all my life, like, I wanted to be a professional surfer. Mm. And that was kind of, like, my goal. And although I wasn't the best surfer, I just really wanted to work hard at it. But I had an injury where I snapped my leg. Yeah. And then that kind of broadened my horizons to focus more on, like, lifestyle. And I saw many more opportunities in other areas. Yeah, okay. Which is pretty cool. Which then put my focus towards social media. Yeah, absolutely. And we're so going to talk more about that later. <laughs> what about the first goal that comes to mind that you have at the moment? It could be short-term or long-term. First goal... I want to just release music this year. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. For a short term. Nice. Okay, great. So we'll get into it. You are a surfer boy turned content creator. Talk a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, what you were into, um, and maybe you can talk, you can end up talking about that transition, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm surfer. I mean, I, I originated doing surf lifesaving. Okay. Because I've grown up in Sydney my whole life, in Manly. Yeah. And my parents got me into surf lifesaving when I was like seven 
which is if anyone's listening to this and doesn't know what surf lifesaving is, it's like every Sunday you go to the beach and do nippers mm-hmm. from like ages. You start, you can start at six and then you get to like 14. And then if you want to continue in, in a more serious way, you can do that. And I was very competitive at it. Mm-hmm. So like that was my whole kind of childhood was training and being at the beach and learning how to be safe in the ocean and how to save lives, etc. which is really cool. And I recommend it to anyone. But then as I grew a little older, I wanted to get more into surfing. Yeah. Because I was at the beach all the time and mm. I saw the cool kids surfing. I was like, <laughs> oh, I cool want to be a surfer. Yeah, no, seriously. I was wearing Speedos and I was doing nippers and board paddling. Oh, I want to be cool. I want to be a surfer. So I started surfing and I found a huge passion for it. Okay. And then um, luckily through that, I got to travel a fair lot, mm. you know, go to a lot of cool surf spots and do a bunch of surf competitions and then would get to post a lot of content from when I was traveling on social media and and then, as I said earlier, I had an injury when I was 17. That was when I was probably most competitive with surfing. Okay. And that was that put me out for like six months. Were you at school? Yeah, I was, I was in grade 12 or oh, grade 11. Yeah, I was 17, I remember. Mm-hmm. And um, it was that, that was when I was probably most independent and traveling alone and having the most fun with when I was going on surf competitions. So it really just like made me have to take a few steps back, not literally, but yeah to like reevaluate else yeah. yeah and um so then after kind of being bummed about my injury for a month or so I was like okay I can either grow from this or still be bummed about it mm. so I decided to like start training a lot more and I was doing a lot of board paddling because mm-hmm. of my past of being mm. in surf lifesaving um I was just paddling out the front and I took a selfie one day with a GoPro and my friend Alex photoshopped a shark in it mm-hmm. And then that kind of went viral on social media. Okay. And I was like known for the the, sh- the fake shark, the boy who cried shark for a little bit. Right. Okay. And um, so that was very my first bit of intense media attention. Yeah. And then from that, like, I started getting like two hundred dollar brand deals here and there, and I was still at school. Yeah. Wow. And so I started to get the idea of like, oh, I can actually do something with this. Like, okay, this is cool. an asset. So that started to happen before you finished high school. Yeah. Just like just before I was going to finish high school. Um, before that I still was so lost I was like what am I gonna do yeah I was gonna say that's such a hard time I think in year 11 and 12 particularly if you already had your goal in mind that you wanted to do surfing Mm. to have some setback like that it's a scary time because there's so much pressure on kids to know what they want to study or to know what direction they want to go in Mm. so it's cool that you started to see what could happen through social media yeah and I I was never going to go to university I was like not anti-school but I just it wasn't for me it was such a a fan of the academic stuff just not a fan it was just not suited I mean I changed schools a couple times because I was at a private school and that that was like all about rugby and academic and all that and just I just wanted to go to the beach and surf and do all this other stuff yeah and then um timing is everything I finished school and then I was kind of at this pivotal moment where I was going to be a full-time lifeguard and I had all my qualifications and I had the job mm. to be a full-time lifeguard and which at the time I'm like yeah sick I can make a bunch of money over summer be in the water and stuff but yeah it was like a sick job but I decided to go on this trip and then I met some really cool people that were doing a lot of cool stuff in the social media like video industry mm. and it really inspired me that I can really like work at it and be serious about it mm. so I came back home and started to focus more on just content and then travelled as much as I could, and because my mum's a travel journalist, I've been very fortunate enough to. It's like travel. the OG. Yeah, she's the OG. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just um, got to travel a lot as a kid. So I, I kind of took that um, approach into when I left school, just to try to travel as much as I can and learn through the university of life and just through experience and I just learn so much. I like that. I like the university of life. It's mm. a nice, nice thing to say. I think there's a lot of pressure on people to have to go to uni. Mm. Um, 
to get somewhere, but there's so many. It, it really depends on what you want to do. Obviously, if you want to be a doctor, you have to. Yeah, 100%. that's what I say. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do something, if, no matter what, if you want to do something, you're going to find a way to do it. Yeah. And yeah. university is the best asset for a lot of career choices. And yeah. it's to be stupid to not go, but then again, if you want to do something else that's not related to it, you're going to find a way without it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So, so when was your, do you remember what your first YouTube video was? Yeah. I made like a, actually, the first one that I would say that it was like a proper YouTube video. Yeah. It was called Alex Hayes Rare. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I hit up my friend. It was when like the, the drones first kind of came out and I hit him up. He had a jet ski. I went to Cronulla. We did some stuff filming on a jet ski and surfing and hanging out and just made like a four minute little montage video that went up and mm. I actually took it down because I was like oh it's so shitty but then I put it back up a couple of years later because like, that's really cool it's cool but to it, look back at those things yeah it's really cool to look back on it and um that was that was the first video I ever made that wasn't surfing based okay because everything in the past would be like just surfing yeah right and um or like just cliff jumping a bit and then combining it all it looked really cool yeah so I'm sure because that you started to see kind of like how you could make money and everything through that. Um, I'm sure you had your eyes set on it going well, but did you ever imagine it going as well as it had? I look back at like my mindset when I was in school and although it was, they're all such big dreams. It's it's so crazy to think that I'm actually in a position now where I'm doing a lot of the things I dreamed about. Yeah. And it's such a moment of gratitude to, to realize that I am where I wanted to be Hmm which is really cool, mm. but I, I'm not going to say I didn't expect it, but I didn't expect it, but I'm just like so happy that it's got here to this yeah, point. Yeah, that's nice. Mm. I mean, it's not all about luck or anything either. Like you put yourself out there for it. Mm, yeah, it's just like putting yourself in a position where you can react to whatever opportunities are in front of you. Mm. Yeah. And you mentioned before that you're spontaneous. Mm-hmm. With what you do, even with what I do, there's so much spontaneity in your job. Yeah, heaps. Um, do you love that or are you kind of getting over it? That side of it. Not are you getting over your job, but are you getting over the spontaneity of it? It's such a it's such a weird like balance because I am so spontaneous. Sometimes I like I'll wake up and the best days are the ones where I have no plans. Yeah. But at the same time, I love getting in a routine. Yep. Like when it comes to mornings, like I love waking up doing like the, the three most important things, like going to the gym, meditating, and just like having a some, like somewhat like um, reflection of just like, okay, what am I gonna do today? What am I gonna do this week? Kind of thing. And just to get that out of the way in the morning sets out my day to be really good. Mm. Whereas if I sleep in and then kind of roll over my phone and wake up, it just doesn't start off the day right. So yep. I need that that type of routine. Yep. But at the same time, like- It's hard to have that when- Yeah, it's hard to have that when you travel. Yeah. Which I do miss that a lot. I am at the same time creating new experiences, so I'm getting lessons through whatever I'm doing. But yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's about finding a balance between routine and spont- spontaneous. Mm. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's something I struggle with all the time. Yeah. And then what about, I feel like when I met you, I mean, you've always been a positive, light, smiley, amazing guy and I just feel like you seem like someone who isn't scared of anything um I don't know where I I got that from but I just got this feeling and I maybe it's because I see you constantly jumping out of a plane I don't know um where do you think that I don't know that courage has come from or I suppose do you have fears yeah 100 percent. I mean I was scared of the dark until I was like 13 12 okay and um I I like I remember when I I think I was around 12 like I was in almost high school and I had to see a psychologist to help me with sleeping alone at night. Okay. Because I was so scared of it. Yeah. Whereas now it's not a problem at all. But I was at school trying to, you know, 
be the, the, the kid that wanted to surf big waves and <laughs> jump off the big cliff, do all, do all the stuff. But at the same time, I was scared to sleep alone in my own bed at night. Yeah. I had to rely on mum and dad to be there. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, I, I have um, my fears. But through that experience of not being able to sleep at night, I learned that it was all kind of in my head. and um, You can overcome it. Yeah, I could overcome it. And, and then it, it got to the point where I would look forward to going to sleep and I would look forward to being alone and not being scared of stuff that's not really there because it was just like kind of a figment of my imagination. So I like to take that approach with a lot of other things. But when it comes to like risks, like cliff jumping and stuff, mm. I think... I get nervous and I get a bit um, apprehensive, if that's the right word. Mm. And I like to calculate my, the, the risk so then I don't kind of screw myself up. Yeah, you don't do anything stupid. Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of stupid stuff, but like <laughs> I, I don't want to hurt myself and I don't yeah. want to, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't want to be that guy that hurts himself doing something stupid because yeah. I just look stupid. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to push myself as far as I can mentally and physically. So I don't know, to answer your question about am I, do I get fears and do I get scared? Yeah, I do. But like overcoming the fears is way better. Yeah, so I think because you've been able to overcome some of them and you've got that feeling afterwards, you're just like... Yeah, I'm addicted to the feeling yeah, of overcoming okay. fears. Okay. Yes. When was the first time you jumped out of a plane? I was 17. Really? Oh, my God. When I was 17, that was a big year for me. I finished school. I yeah. went, like, overseas and learnt my potential and had an injury that I had to overcome. Like, it was a big year for me. And I finished school just. Yeah. So yeah. now I think, like... I did this podcast yesterday and I was like getting my dates wrong and in my head like my years are all so combined but the one year that kind of sticks out was when I finished school well yeah because it all happened at once absolutely that's so cool to look back on and mm. so when you first jumped out because okay I'm gonna just keep talking about skydiving because I've been contemplating it my entire adulthood um I'm terrified of the idea of it um there's something about it's not really heights but just falling and like having to, I know I don't have to jump I know someone else would do that part for me but I don't know I just I'm so scared of it but then there's another part of me that really wants to be able to do it one day after you did it once was it just like okay now I've got to keep doing it or was there a bit of a time in between your second jump well my first jump was a tandem so I was on someone's front yeah and um it was the the plane was really scary but my excitement for the whole concept of jumping out of a plane was so much greater than the fear okay so I wanted to keep doing it. So then it just became lesser and lesser. But then when I started doing it alone, um, like I was doing, I had to do a theory course and everything to actually get my skydiving yeah. license. So I went from doing one tandem to then doing the course to get my actual license. Yep. So my second jump ever was alone, but I had two wow. instructors. Yeah, yeah. Like I had my own parachute, so I had to pull it myself and actually fly the canopy. And those first nine or 10 jumps, like every single one was really... I was really scared yeah. because of the fact I was jumping out of the plane, but also because I wanted to pass yeah. each test because when you get your license, you have to go through all these different stages. And not only are you like, oh, my God, I'm flying out of a plane, but I'm trying to remember all these things that I have to do while falling mm. like, at certain altitudes. Mm. So let's just say you jump out at 14,000 feet mm-hmm. um, and it's my, my first ever stage jump with two coaches by my side. And I'll look, be looking at my altimeter falling and at 10,000 feet, I have to remember to do a certain gesture with my hands. And at 8,000 feet, I have to do something else. And so I'm remembering all these different things while the- overcoming <laughs> this fear of skydiving, which it, it just becomes it, it's just a huge passion of mine. But when I jumped recently in Coffs Harbour, mm. I hadn't jumped in like six months. Yeah. It was the first time I like was like nervous and like, oh, is everything going to be all right? And mm. it was sweet. Yeah. And it, there's no better feeling than doing it after a little bit of... Um, 
build up of I guess anxiety with it. Yep. But yeah, no, I, I just love it. Except your sunnies came off. That would have been bad. But the, the footage looked funny. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of worth it. It's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to go back to your podcast that you started. Yeah. As I said earlier, it sounded like it's uh, super raw um, and in the moment. What made you start it? Were you listening to a lot of podcasts and you kind of just thought, yeah, maybe this is a space I want to play in? Because it's like a year old, is it? Mm, yeah, I, I think a little bit over a year okay. old. But it's very, it's a very very spontaneous podcast. Yeah, I saw some it? that it was like yeah. the next week and then it was like two months. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I'm at the, at the same time of being spontaneous and not caring about it, it's also like I would put a lot of pressure on myself to make a podcast because yeah. like w- when I know that people are listening, I'm like, wow, I want to sound coherent and I want to sound like I know what I'm not that I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about but I just want to give valuable information that people relate to yep but then so it was just kind of the transition of me just wanted to document my own thoughts for kind of selfish reasons of the future of being able to look back on it and be like yeah, I was cool. thinking this at this age yeah and like that's pretty cool to yeah. know that I'm gonna have a completely different opinion in 20 years yeah but this is where I was yeah and that like even in longer term I'm gonna be able to show my kids yeah that when their dad was eight, 18 19 20 whatever and then I was thinking that to see where I am in the future, mm. that like whatever they're thinking now, that they're kind of stressed and worried about, that it just doesn't matter because things change and things go on. Mm, that's nice. So I've just that's kind of motivated me a little bit more to just do as much and document as much as possible with the podcast. Yeah, that's cool. And just take it like a phone call and have friends on and talk. Well, I think that's why I like the spontaneity of it because it shows that it is seriously like what's popping into your mind and what you've been thinking about at mm. that moment. I think that's nice. It's not too structured. So I'm sure people who listen to it really appreciate that. Are you going to keep doing it? Yeah, I love it. I've, I've got like two that I've drafted that I'm going to post soon. Yeah, cool. But it's really cool that I'm starting to do it with people as well, whereas yeah, originally like it chat. would just be myself. Yeah. Um, and I would not have anything in front of me. Like I would literally just Just be talking talk, to yourself, yeah. Talking to myself. And it's kind of weird. It's hard, but it was a challenge because I also just – I want to get into more of like a speaking phase as well with um, like – I'm not the best public speaker. So you recently did a chat though, didn't you? Yeah, I did one at VidCon and yeah. getting on stage in front of like a huge crowd doing a panel for the, for the first time was exciting and I was mm. really nervous. It's cool, isn't it? But it's just like, it's an opportunity for me to provide some sort of value that hopefully can help people in their journeys. Yeah. Which is like, I just want to get better at it. Yep. That's good. But I also get the the talking on your own sort of thing. I think some of my... Like the, I released a YouTube video oh, it was a while ago now, but when I came out about like binge eating and like my history and everything with that sort of side of stuff, I was sitting in a hotel room by myself talking to a camera and it was like so weird at the start. But then I think it's weird when you get lost in your own thoughts and you just kind of keep talking about it. And I like watching it back now and, mm. and seeing like that I felt, I don't know, brave enough to talk about it. But it, it is still funny to think that I was sitting there by myself and not actually Yeah. <laughs> You forget that so many people are going to listen, though. So really, it becomes almost like meditative. Yeah, like totally. you just get into a state of just a, a flow state of whatever comes in. You're saying it, and you're kind of like two steps ahead with thought, but you're yeah. trying to like speak <laughs> it, it at the same right. time and make it make sense. <laughs> totally. So like you're exploring your thoughts ahead while trying to explain something in the present. It's 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 a bit of a wig out, but it's really cool. Well, one thing you said was that happiness is a feeling and not a destination. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about that. Did you think otherwise in the past? Definitely. I think everyone thinks it in the past. They think that as soon as they finish school, they're going to be happier. As soon as they get this job, they're going to be happier. As soon as they get this like result, whatever it may be, that 
they're going to get some sort of transaction of happiness in return, which isn't really the case because yeah. it is really all about the journey. And if you're not enjoying the process, then you're not going to enjoy the end of it because then once it's done, what are you going to look forward to? All you're going to do is look back on it. Mm. So it's like constant, constantly enjoying the um, progression of moving towards certain things that made me realize that it's not a destination. It's um, it's, uh, it's the journey. Yeah. Is there something that you can think of that you thought, when I get that, I'm going to be totally happy, but you, you weren't so happy? Is that what, did you have to go through that to realize that? Yeah, I mean, for, like, for example, just with social media, like, I was like, okay, when I get 100K followers, yeah. I'm going to be sweet. Like, yeah. I, I'm chilling. Yeah. People are going to look at me differently, and then I get there, and I'm like, oh, it's not the exact really same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then I see someone with 200K, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to 200K. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just using numbers in as, as an example, because I feel like us as humans are all so Always subconsciously addicted to numbers, yeah whether it be money, followers, or whatever it may be. So, I don't know, it's just... I watched a movie called Peaceful Warrior. Mm-hmm. My dad showed it to me about... Oh, I don't know how long ago, but a long time ago. And it's, like, a pretty traditional movie, but it's based off a lot of the Socrates, like, wisdom and, and knowledge and stuff. It's put into this character in this movie. I won't remember we were on the premise of it, but it's just kind of like a spiritual awakening of this this gymnast, this professional gymnast that mm. had a really crazy injury mm. that um, before having the injury, he was set on becoming an Olympic champion. And when he became the Olympic champion, he would be the man. He would mm. like, have everything he ever wanted and people would respect him and have everything that, you know, was just kind of false. But then when he had the injury, all that kind of was lost. And then he was just like in a run, depressed and everything. Mm. And then um, the whole spiritual awakening of the movie was getting kind of coached by this this other character, which is, I think it's a metaphor. I don't, I'm mm-hmm. not too sure. You have to watch the movie to understand. Mm. But it like teaches him to like, learn. It's all about the journey. Like in the movie, his coach made him walk up this whole hill saying, oh, I can't wait for you to see this. I can't wait for you to see this at the top of the mountain. And he did this whole walk to get to the top. Mm. And it's like, okay, what is it? What, is you gonna, what are you going to show me? Mm. He's like, nothing. And yeah. he looked at the ground, picked up a rock. And he's like that. And he goes, you made me walk all this way just yeah. to find a rock. But he goes, yeah, but did you have a good walk? Because he was having so much fun. The whole scene was him having a great walk. Like, I'm enjoying the scenery. I'm enjoying the process. And then to get to the top to, you know, there'd be nothing. But mm. just the whole point was it being about the journey. The journey. I like that. Mm. I think I want to watch that. Yeah. What was it called? Peaceful Warrior. Okay. Is it old? It's kind of old. Yeah. Well, that's nice. It's a movie that you just want to, you want to sit down and actually concentrate and just watch it. Well, thank you for that recommendation. That um, <laughs> I think that, though, really sums up that whole thing about happiness not being a destination. I think it's important for everyone to realise that. And it's not even something, like for me, back in the day, it was about being a certain size or looking a certain way or whatever. And I thought, yeah, absolutely, I'm going to be so happy when I get to that. But then I always found other issues. So I think everyone needs to realise that it, it applies to everything. Um, mm. appreciate every day and every step forward and even the ones backwards you're always going to learn from them so I liked that I just had to bring that up because that was that was in one of your podcasts yeah <laughs> um, so when I was telling people today because a few people were like oh like I told people I had a podcast and like who are you chatting to you're so recognizable like everyone every time I said Alex Hayes they were like oh amazing and whether it was a guy or a girl I was talking to you're looked up to by so many um I'm sure a lot of them being young guys 
And I think the reason isn't just your cool, exciting life that looks really awesome online, but you're so open um, and honest and you're even open about struggles and mental health and stuff. And you talk about so many things that I feel like need to be talked to more. I know girls are opening up more now. Girls are um, definitely feeling like being online and it's a safer space to be open about that sort of stuff. But guys are still reluctant to get into the kind of nitty gritty or depression or anxiety and all that sort of stuff. But I really respect how open you are with your kind of community of followers. Do you feel like you have to, or is it just come naturally to you? Do you just, you just like to share things with people? Well, firstly, thank you for all these kind of things you said. <laughs> <laughs> it made me blush a little bit. Um, but I don't know. It's because I've had such a long I've had I've been blessed with such a great life, but mm. with this great life, I've I've actually had a lot of struggles, like with, with just a lot to do with bullying and school and a lot of self-esteem issues. I was never as much as I wanted to be in the spotlight. I was like quickly shown when I was in school and when I first started social media that it's it's a hard spot to be in because mm. dealing with other people's opinions and perspectives, yeah. is, it's a hard gig. So I guess what I've learned over the years through that experience is really just in one not care, and I, I just I've cared less and less and lesser about what people think about me, and that's kind of in inspired me a little bit more to look at the other side of it of I have the opportunity now to be an example for people to feel like they can relate to someone that Mm. is going through something that they're going through or has been through something that they're going through Mm. whatever it may be and um it's not that I feel that I have to do this I just know that I can yeah and I won't forgive myself if I know that when I'm older I had this opportunity to actually create a difference in this world yeah that I didn't emphasize on that and it's just I'm unfair to myself and I'm unfair to the world because everything comes down to like your why and your purpose of behind doing everything I guess I just wanted to kind of one I love documenting Mm. and I love putting myself out there and from being being a kid and not wanting to show my vulnerable side to because I was scared of what people think to now being so open because I just don't care Mm. but it's cool to have it on file in the future on social yeah. media that this is, I was at this point in my life. Yeah. And then I'm going to, like, because time goes on no matter what. Mm. So, like, although today you might be scared of being vulnerable, next week you'll look back on it and be, like you said, when you watched that video and mm. it was really hard for you to do. Mm. But you look back on it and you're like, oh, like, yeah. I did that. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So, I don't know. I kind of forgot the question. I just went in the circle. No, and thought, you've but, answered it. So when you were talking about trolls before, yeah. like people just being rude, um, you said that you kind of have just grown to not care. But mm. do you have actual things that you do if, if it hits you on a day? Because sometimes I'm the same. Like I just generally don't care what people think. But if I'm having a bad day and for some reason I'm feeling really sensitive, one bad message can like actually affect me more than anything, um, no matter how much I say I don't care. So do you have things that you do to kind of distract yourself from those things or do you ever write back? Um, no, I don't. I used to write back, but it's just like... Fueling the just fire. Fueling the fire, exactly. But, but what, what I agree to what you said. Like, I say I don't care a lot, mm. but truth is we all care. Mm. But it's just I've gained thick skin over the years to, mm. for it not to affect me. I've got for like you this, to know otherwise. Yeah, I've got this armour of... Like sticks and stones break my bones, but names never hurt me. But for the people that I do care about, like my family and close friends, they're the opinions that I do care about. So it's often if like someone's opinion who I really do like validate, Mm. they say something and I could be in a sensitive position and that could kind of like affect me. And then I I will see the people that I don't know, like the trolls and stuff saying, saying hate Mm. and stuff. It, it, yeah, sometimes it, it does make me feel shit, but then 
it's just the art of doing you know once you find yourself in a bit of a rut you just do something and then like everything kind of like i make my bed or i'll clean my room Mm -hmm. or like i'll get off social media and just start doing things what would you say because we i mean predominantly we have a lot of girls listening um but i don't know maybe maybe we'll have some guys listening seeing as your name will be in the heading shout out (laughs) (laughs) but i suppose what would you say to guys they don't always not everyone feels open to talk about everything and that's okay but like what do you want them to be more aware of more aware of themselves Mm. self-awareness is like one of the most important kind of structures to have because if you're not kind of aware of where your mind is on a day-to-day basis you will one day wake up and be like wow five years have gone by and I haven't been real with myself because Mm. I've been living in this other world of you know I've been feeling shit but haven't literally confronted myself about it so I've just been putting it off and putting it off and putting Mm. it off and putting on this front of being okay when truth is I'm not so what would I say well like why is it why is it that guys feel like I I don't know it's like girls um, kind of get to a point where we can feel like we can show that emotion mm. or whatever and then a lot of guys just feel like they, they don't. And I, I, would, I really don't know where that came from or why there's a difference there. I think it's got a lot to do with school. Okay. Like school for me was where that was in full force. It was mm-hmm. just like the guys just like footy, mm-hmm. you know, everything like they I'm don't man, cry I'm big, yeah like we don't cry, you cry, you're a pussy. Yeah, okay. And um, you're scared of something, you're, you're a pussy and like I was kind of the smaller kid, but I was around all these kind of bigger footy kids, and it was just like a natural stigma of they're like more courageous and more alpha okay. than than I was. And um, I just think that whole stigma because everyone's everyone's feeling, everyone has the same feelings. Mm. Everyone everyone feels stuff, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter what you look like, who you are, or what you do. Like you, you all have the same feelings, so it's just kind of. What I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter what you are, mm. you have feelings. Yeah. And feel can, free to express yeah, them. Yeah. You can you can speak up about it and once you speak up about it, that's when the kind of self awareness kicks in because you're literally having a conversation a meeting with your own brain and also you once it's out and in, in the air, you, you want to move on from it. Because mm. if it's just constantly in, you're not it's not gonna it's just gonna stay in there. Yeah. So I don't know. I think with with guys it's just important that it's actually you're not weak for speaking up. You're yeah. actually strong. And yeah, exactly. You're weak for hiding behind stuff. Like, that's weakness. Weakness is when you're too scared to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, mm. oh, I feel like shit. Mm. Or, like, I'm not feeling good with this. Or I don't like this person, but I'm still going to be friends with them. It's just, just be a realist. Like, yeah. we're literally, we have a certain amount of time in this world and time is, is the most important currency. So why am I going to waste it by not being real with myself? Because mm. it's, it's inevitable that it's going to get to that point where you look back on your life hmm. and you're going to be like, did I do it right? Yeah. And I feel like until you kind of recognize that there's something wrong and you acknowledge it and kind of talk to someone about it, it's it's that much harder to get through it before doing that. Like if yeah. you just keep lying to yourself and saying that there's nothing wrong, it's just keep pushing it away or not talking about it with anyone. It's just, it's not going to go away. Yeah. And I, and I like learned that, especially last year when I... Yeah. Was do, I did this um, paddle called the Molokai to Oahu mm. World Paddle Championship and I was raising money and awareness for um, a charity called Patea and it's like a, around mental health and it was super awesome and positive organisation. And through through that experience, I was obviously doing it because I wanted to make a positive um, uh, a positive effect on my social media and do, do good. But I, And it got to the point where um, I was like, it's been 
three years since I've left school and I was in a position at school where I was going to the psychologist a lot and dealing with a lot of struggles to then going straight into this hectic, hectic yeah. lifestyle of being in Hollywood, partying in, in the best, in the most epic locations and literally living the life that people dream of mm. to then me being, oh, I'm sweet, like I'm happy, I'm living the life. And then it, it comes on those kind of low days where it just doesn't, nothing feels right and you're not really fulfilled. And I wasn't really, as, as much as I was happy with what I was doing, I just wasn't sure of it having longevity. And I think that comes to, I just wasn't being 100% real with myself. And so I actually, because um, I lost a, a friend of suicide, yeah. that was when it became kind of real and like, shit. So I decided to see someone like a psychologist and I went like 10 times and um, he was like, yeah, you have depression, you have anxiety, you actually have post-traumatic stress, you have PTSD. And um, after like 10 sessions, he was like, yeah, I think the best option is for you to go on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And that was just like a bit of a wake-up call to me because I hadn't even really given myself the chance to get better naturally. Yeah. Um, so I, I took, I was prescribed Lexapro and I took one pill and then the next day, and it just didn't, nothing felt right about it. It didn't, it didn't feel like this was yeah. the best option for me to yeah. have a more positive future with my life. So I looked at my life and I kind of analyzed it. I was like, okay, I don't actually enjoy drinking that much. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop drinking. Coffee, I have it before meetings sometimes. And then I find myself anxious in meetings. Mm. Give that up. Mm. Meditating. I've never heard someone come out of a meditation saying, I feel like shit. Yeah. So, and I've got, I've got a great, um, I've got a great environment of, cool friends that have been so open about meditation and my friends Chris Sol and Rochelle, Rochelle Fox they mm. have a company called Mindspo yeah they're legends and they're awesome they're, they're like they're like my second mom and dad but also <laughs> my brother and sister it's weird um, and so they kind of pushed me towards learning heaps about meditation and then the benefits of it because I'd actually tried it two years prior because I'm so ADHD I couldn't sit still so I was mm. like nah screw it but I actually was like I'm gonna do it every single day and I was I disciplined because discipline is a skill I learned that that I, I did it every single day and I started feeling better. I started feeling a little bit more relaxed and calmer. I only ever took one antidepressant and I noticed my life genuinely get better and the stuff that I used to think were problems, they weren't problems. Mm. And they actually like, I would get enjoyment out of it because like, oh, I'm human, I feel mm. shit, but oh, I'm going to feel so so good later when I get over it. Mm. And everything just becomes a little challenge for myself that um, I really enjoy. But yeah, I don't know, I just... Forgot the question. Again. I think that <laughs> you keep saying you're forgetting it, but you're answering them perfectly. Not just the fact that you openly talked about that you've been to a psychologist, um, that you, they was they prescribed you antidepressants. Um, there's this weird stigma on going to a psychologist. It's like mm. if we're sick, we go to the doctors. If you you know you need to go to the emergency room, you do. But for some reason, people think differently about Mm. psychologists did you did it take you a while to make that first step and go to see someone or because you went when you were a child that you thought I don't know you're more comfortable with the idea yeah I guess there is a bit of a stigma around like if you go to a psychologist there must be something wrong with you (laughs) yeah which isn't the case I mean not all the times you go to the doctor and there's something wrong with you no it's just like oh you know, it's just it's just a checkup it's also just someone to talk to yeah it's always just someone to talk to that can give professional advice that can just give you a bit more of an understanding of that mm. you're not you're not an alien mm. like this is normal and it's just it's just good to hear it from another person's perspective and it's also the fact that you don't know them mm. it's cool to speak to someone that you I don't agree know with that. that like you know it's not going to leave the room and it's a safe environment and you can just kind of let it all out and it feels good you always feel really good after it and you kind of dig dig deep down into your past and like oh like maybe this is why 
I feel like this because mm. this happened in my childhood or this, you know, it's just kind of understanding and gaining that self-awareness. Um, but I really recommend if anyone's like not hundred percent to go see a psychologist because what, what, what bad can you get out of mm. it? You know? And if, if it gets to the point where you have to take antidepressants, use it as like a band-aid effect. And obviously it's different for everyone. Yeah. Everyone's different. But yeah, everyone's different. And, but just give yourself the, the steps before getting to that point of mm. like, if you if if you're drinking alcohol every weekend and you're taking drugs and doing all these things that neg- negatively affect your mental health and then you get put in antidepressants, you just, you're making it even harder for yourself mm. in the future. Mm-hmm. But if you cut out the things that are, are, are bad for you and you do other things that are good for you, like go to the gym, work out, set some goals, hang out with new people, start meditating, just mm. those things that are proven to actually help you, yeah. then try that. And if you're still not 100%, then go on it. How did you start meditating with ADHD? It was really hard, but right yeah. now I'm like, I can sit completely still. And I, and I've weirdly, I can actually sleep on planes now. Yeah. Since meditating. Okay. Which is, which is strange, but I don't know. I just wanted to. Did you have to start like, do you do guided meditations or can you just sit there? I can just sit there with okay. nothing and yeah. just close my eyes, sit up straight and put a pillow behind a chair. Cause it's really important to have a, a straight good posture. <laughs> yeah. Good posture. Cause then all the, if you don't need to do it lying down, then all the sleep chemicals will go in your brain and then you'll be like, oh, and meditation actually doesn't help me, but you're actually just not doing it right. Um, but it was hard for me at first when I started like two years ago. I tried it for a week and I was over it. Mm. Then I tried it again and I just really gave it a go. And the whole point of meditation is teaching that part of your brain that tells you you don't have time to do it or tells you that you can't do it or tells you that you're bad at doing it, that that's all wrong. They're the thoughts that aren't you. Mm. That's not you. You teach yourself that you can like you're in control at any point at any moment in the day to have to control your perception I guess with your mind so I just wanted to teach myself that and then once I kind of got the hang of it of overcoming the kind of trash in my head I was like oh okay this is cool Mm. I'm going on a little holiday in my head and (laughs) going on on all these tangents of thoughts and then bringing my awareness back to the now to this to my mantra of it being me and I'm just becoming my own friend. Mm. Like I'm becoming my best friend. I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. So is that something, is meditation something that you would recommend to anyone struggling through any mental health yeah, issues? Yeah, 100% for anyone struggling through mental health, but also just anyone. Yeah. No matter what. I mean, do you clean your teeth yeah. in the morning? Do you clean <laughs> yeah, your teeth exactly. at night? But like, why is it that we're taught as kids that we have to clean our teeth, otherwise we'll get holes in our teeth, Yeah. have to go to the dentist. Mm. But we're not taught that if you don't meditate, you could potentially get in a rut and you don't clean your mind, then yeah. you'll have a messy brain. <laughs> it's nice yeah. nice metaphor <laughs> what about are you where are you now are you happy are you good I'm I'm the happiest I've ever been that's nice I mean I have my struggles but it's just completely normal I'm 21 of course I'm gonna have shit that goes on yeah but everything just reminds me that I'm human yeah there's no such thing as like someone who doesn't get unhappy and you're living at home now in Sydney yeah I mean other than always not being home and traveling <laughs> um are you happy there for now like are you, have you got plans to to leave home at all um I've, i'm on that i'm on that fence at the moment because i am i am traveling a lot and you know i but this year i haven't actually traveled that much because i've been kind of situated at home mm. working on music and mm. working on videos and working on building daily living as a company i haven't really needed to travel as much because i was using that as a bit of an asset in the past to make cool content and i'm really enjoying it and kind of find myself a little bit through it through it all so i think eventually when i'm like financially able to i would love to buy somewhere like that's a goal for sure 
But for now, I'm just enjoying life at home a lot and I can yeah. travel for a while. And See your family when you're at home. Yeah. Are you really close with your family? Yeah, so my mum and dad are really cool. They like my friends. My dad's sailing <laughs> around the world right now. So he's actually, he's out of the picture for like a year. Mm. So I'll just see him here and there. And my mum's a travel journalist, so she travels a lot too. And um, so, yeah, it's like, I kind of, it's, it's cool. That must be nice then when you can all be together. Yeah. It's rare, but it's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Um, so I have a few questions from the community. Where did I put my the phone? The community? My phone is over there. One second. <laughs> <laughs> Should I sing a little song? <laughs> sure. It's a waiting, waiting song. and she's back okay so pasha from billabong who you were with yeah yesterday she's a legend she is a legend so she wanted to know how it was for you transitioning transitioning oh god i can't say that word (laughs) transitioning from competitive surfer to a content creator so maybe because we touched on it earlier but like a little bit Mm. how was it for you um I've never really thought about it. I mean, it kind of was natural. I was creating content as I was being a competitive surfer. Mm. And, you know, as like certain things like the injury didn't allow me to get back into competition because I had figured out that I can have so much fun, more fun surfing for content purposes. Yeah, okay. And just not have kind of a limit on it. I don't know. It's. I suppose the good thing is that through whatever content you're creating you still get to do it for fun yeah you still get to surf it's not like that had to end there yeah and and i can always do competitions like i do my local board riders Mm -hmm. which is once a month which is probably the most competitive thing in the world because it's like bragging rights at our local beach (laughs) and if you win you're the man for the next month so it's it's all friendly it's all friendly competition and competition is really good because it's good for the mind to be competitive and i mean it's good to look for the first second and third place because having something to work towards is cool. Um, but with the, the content, there is no first, second, or third place. Mm. So it's just like you're doing it for yourself and you're doing it to kind of create your own little competition with yeah. yourself. Like yeah, yeah. I want to get better every single time I'm filming. Yeah. So I'm competitive that I can make the best content. And I, I really enjoy that because I'm progressing, I'm learning. Yeah. So I don't know, I guess. Maybe it was easier for you with the transition because you found something else that you loved just as much. Mm. Do you think you love it just as much? I love it more. Yeah. I love, I love documenting. Yeah. So you're kind of happy with what happened? Yeah, 100%. I feel like if I didn't have that injury, I would have not travelled overseas at that time and met certain people that really pushed me towards where I am today because mm. I would have been kind of in the same mindset that I was. So I, I really needed to have my environment changed around me to realise that. Yeah. That's which is cool. cool. All right, the next question is from Kate. What's something you wish you could tell your younger self? I would say the one thing I'd tell myself, especially growing up, is just like all this stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. It the worries matter. that you have. The worries, the 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 things that people put so much stress in your mind for, it literally doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is yourself your mind what you want to do and your family and who you want to be around with and like if you can just focus on those things and focus on understanding yourself day by day and not caring what other people think that's all that's another thing just not caring what other people think Mm. life's seriously too short to care like a lot of the people that i genuinely really cared about their opinion eight or ten years ago i one i can't even remember their names (laughs) but like 
you know, they're off doing their thing, I'm off doing my thing. I'll, but I'll, I realise now, I was, like, I was literally living in a world of other people's perceptions that I was thinking that they were thinking of me, mm. which is false. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't, they were probably too busy thinking about themselves. Themselves, exactly. So, like, it's like I was, I would spend a lot of time as a kid living in this artificial world that wasn't actually real because I cared so much about what other people think. Mm. And that tend to stop me from doing a lot of things that I was passionate about that I wish yeah. I kind of did. Yeah. For example, like, I was singing until I was 12, and my brother's a really good singer, but I gave it up when I was... 12 because I was getting intensely bullied yeah but I was like I'm like why did I do that I gave up something that really I was really you really like passionate about because yeah. of other people's opinions that just don't matter mm-hmm. so I, I would just say look the things that you think matter right now they don't yeah good perfect and last one from the community is from Pip do you have a motto you live by what's your favorite motto I get I like what I like what I said before in one of my podcasts is happiness is not a destination yeah that's perfect yeah, and it's all about it's all about the journey. Yeah, and discipline is skill. Oh yeah, there's so many. I don't know. So many you want to say? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're great ones. Yeah. <laughs> and then to end it on a totally random note, I know you were super excited about this question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you could be any character from a movie or a TV series, who would it be and why? God, so the, fun, the funny thing was like you, you sent me these questions before, <laughs> and like I skimmed over all of them. I like to approach podcasts with not knowing what I'm going to be asked. But the last question, this one you just asked me about the <laughs> movie or TV character, I was like, I could have a good answer for this. I didn't have a good answer plan, no. so I'm still just going to wing it. But, oh gosh, Jesus. Just think of a movie you really like and a character you really like and what do you like about that character? I really like watching Thor. Okay. Because Thor's unique. Mm-hmm. Only him can pick up his, his axe, mm-hmm. or not his axe, but his hammer. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's unique in, in his own way, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I like people and, and characters he's that he's strong and awesome. Yeah, and he's cool, <laughs> and he's Australian. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I know Dora the Explorer. She's dope. <laughs> Johnny Bravo, um, Jimmy Neutron. No, I don't oh, really watch Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> I watch Barney a lot, actually. Okay. Um, but would you like to be Barney? Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> now to think about it, he's a little bit extravagant. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So many. That's all right. I'm just going to say Thor. Yeah, good one. I'm Actually, sure no, I'm going to say Dora the Explorer. She's dope. Okay. <laughs> she gets to travel the world and she's got a cool backpack. Do you, um, do you wish you could speak another... Do you speak another language? I can speak, like, little bits of things here and there. Like, I can, I can say, where's the toilet in three languages. Okay, that's German, handy. German, voice toilet, bitter. Spanish, donde esta el baño. And English, where's the toilet. Perfect. So that's... Uh, Very handy. That's your translation lesson. <laughs> Um, before I let you go, I want to bring up your marathon. Yeah. Definitely, because that is insane. Josh told me all about it um, before you ran. Obviously, I didn't tell anyone because he was like, oh, my God, I know something no one else knows. <laughs> um, so you did City to Surf. Yeah. And you weren't, you weren't much of a runner. Like, you've ran, but you're not much of a runner. And City to Surf was a big run mm-hmm. for you. And then what made you decide to do a marathon? <laughs> um, well, yeah, I've never been much of a runner because everything I've done growing up has been like water-based and I've been a swimmer, I've done swimming mm. squads and surfing, et cetera. Um, and because I've had a lot of injuries in my knees and ankles, yeah, running on concrete wasn't recommended by no. my physiotherapist. <laughs> so it was kind of just like a bit of a, I would, I would just avoid it. But I did the city to surf this year because it was fun, it's cool. You can, but I also wanted to get a little competitive with it because I started listening to this book called can't hurt me by David Goggins, and he um, 
he's a really, really inspirational dude. That's just a whole nother, we could do a whole nother podcast yeah, on and just that. I would definitely recommend everyone to go to your podcast about your marathon. Um, I know you said you're probably going to do another one where you go a bit deeper into it, yeah. but that one was really good. Oh, um, thank you. About kind of like how you were feeling and the struggles, how they hit you and oh, everything. Oh, it was hard. Yeah, I only had like 25 minutes to do that um, podcast and I wanted to <laughs> say so, so much more. more. <laughs> yeah, because there's so much to talk about. But um, yeah, so I just, in this audio book, I got a lot of inspiration to kind of push myself to like get over this kind of mental hurdle of like, oh, I can't run because I was told not to, which is bullshit. I, I can run. Mm. It's a natural thing. So I was just like, okay, I want to do city to surf. I want to try to get under this time. And I was short by like a minute and a half. Mm. And I did a couple of runs here and there before training, but not really. And so I did this other run called Pop the Pub, which is the same distance as city to surf. And I felt kind of good with it. And I don't know, I'm just addicted to doing things that people recommend not to me to do. <laughs> And um, pushing the boundaries a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and so there was a lot of people that um, kind of would run that. Oh, imagine doing a marathon! Like, you need to train so much. And in this audiobook that I was listening to by David Goggins, he did, he ran a, an ultra marathon, which is longer, mm. with like three days' notice. And he went to the gym beforehand, and he was just kind of he was a Navy SEAL, not really a, a runner, but he just did it. And I was like, I can do that. Like, I, I'm so obsessed with pushing the mind to mm. get to those places where it's literally like it's just me digging deep into my mind mm. and I just wanted to do it and I told a few people and they're like I was gonna say I liked how you kept it secret yeah I told a couple of people and they were like oh like <laughs> sweet you haven't trained <laughs> yeah I mean I told my mom three days before and she was like no way you're not doing that yeah and my dad was like what like you you, you know um but I just did it I wanted to prove to myself that I could do anything mm-hmm. and prove to other people that approaching things with expectations isn't the best idea all the time because that's a really good line <laughs> yeah you just gotta like just gotta do it yeah I mean, the best lessons come from lessons that you've learned yourself through your own experience so you can you take a leaf out of someone else's book or you can make a leaf for your own book and so i just was like screw it i'm gonna do it i can always pull out yeah and that's that well good on you thank you and now do you want to do another one um <laughs> you're well, like um no <laughs> i like Oh, now that I you've will, done it. I will do it, it again because my goal was to run it in under five hours. <clears throat> but I actually felt really good. Like at 36 kilometers in, I was at like three hours. Mm. And that was another hour to get under four hours. I'm like, holy shit, like I'm doing really good here. And then I ended up getting the, a time of four hours and like 19 minutes. So you beat your goal by heaps for your I beat my goal, goal. By, by heaps, but during the marathon, yeah. I, had it, I had set another goal in my mind, which I know I can do. Okay. And I knew I could do. But, I mean, it's easier in hindsight to say, but after the 36-kilometer mark was when it all came down and my, like, my body just was screwed. Like, mm. I was struggling to walk. Mm. And struggling to do something as natural as just walk, like, step by step, where, like, every step takes every bit of concentration, <laughs> it's hard. But... I just wanted, I wanted to get under that four hours, but I didn't. So I was like, damn it. Well, I admire your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) You can say that. (laughs) No, I just, I I really, I like that you push yourself, um, and that you're not really scared of failure, Mm. that you're okay with that and that you just want to get back up and try Mm. again. That's nice. It's good. It's a good lesson, I suppose. It's good. I want to teach myself resilience that like, even if I do stuff up and fail, I've got... I've got so much more time in my life to learn from it. And yeah. like if I can get as much 
experiences and as many lessons as I can early on in life, it's going to set me up for a very exciting future of like being able to react to whatever comes to me and have control over whatever I think of it. So um, to do with, something to do with time, a little off topic, but a lot of people stress about time nowadays. Mm. And I like to, considering we're all on our phones every day, all mm. day, I want to use a phone battery percentage as an example of something. Let's just say you're at lunch mm-hmm. and you have 70% left mm-hmm. on your, your phone battery. Would you be kind of stoked? You're like, okay, sick. I don't have to charge it for a while. Sure. Like I can use the most time-consuming apps that will, you know, I can spend a lot of time on and not worry about it. Mm-hmm. So let's just say humans live to a, an average of 100 years old mm-hmm. and 70% left on your battery on your phone would mean you're about 30 years old. Mm-hmm. But people would be walking around 30 thinking they're halfway done or like, like they don't have enough time to go start this new business or to make this life-changing decision that will set you up for a exciting future yeah there's a there's a stigma around you're too old to do this or you have to retire now like it's bullshit Mm. everyone's got so much more time especially around our age to like we could literally like refresh our whole life right now and Mm. still have plenty of time if we're 30 70 percent left Mm. so i I like that yeah thanks for changing the topic to that i I like that it was a perfect way to end this podcast um well i can't thank you enough for coming on and being the person that you are oh thank you i appreciate it um, but yeah, I suppose if anyone is listening and really liked, um, uh, not the sound of your voice, that sounded really creepy. Um, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> what, Alex, what Alex had to say, um, you can check out his podcast and of course his YouTube videos and his Instagram and everything else. And my TikTok. <laughs> I saw, did you just start that? <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I saw that. No, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was really cool. I was excited when you, you hit me up for it and it's an honor. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate everything you're doing for the world as well. Oh, that's so sweet. Thanks. I'm blushing now. <laughs> we both are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Yeah, see ya. So we hope that you guys enjoyed that chat. It was such a good one, Steffi. I Thanks. loved it. So now for question of the week. Question what is week, it? We need From to get a playlist. Uh, what's it called? Like a song. Uh, yeah. We say it every like week, intro. but we should get onto that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we stop singing it. <laughs> so this is from Kaylee. Thank you for mm-hmm. sending in your question. And it is, what is your favorite type of a date night or activity to Aww. do? Yeah. I love it. God, hey, goodness me. I haven't had a date night in a while. <laughs> that makes me think. Uh, okay. So... I have two, I would mm. say. My mm. one is making homemade pizzas. I do this a lot. Homemade pizzas on the cat with red wine. That's my one mm. of my favorites. But mm. then I also love to go out for dinner to like a nicest restaurant with like just like you know a restaurant that's a bit dark mm, so you can just mood. sit there and talk for like 3 hours yep. and just really in like switch off and enjoy each other's company. Yep. What that's about you? Nice. I'm the same, except I also really love going to see a movie. Yeah. Um, so you can't talk. Yeah, you can't talk. <laughs> no, but we always do it with dinner. Yes. Like we usually go to dinner before or after. And um, But I'm the same. When I go on a date night dinner, I want to go somewhere. It's like dark and moody and I can get a red wine with a steak or something. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like a bit different. Um, but I also do love staying home mm. and having nights off together with having no one else over and just kind of enjoying each other's company, I think. And I think it's really important that people do make time for date nights, mm. especially when you've been in such a long-term relationship or if you're living together. I think it's really important to make the time because you think when you go from, you know, seeing each other three or four times a week to then living together, mm. you forget that it's really important to also have that quality time. And um, I know when we first started, when we first moved out together, we often forgot to have things like date nights and we just found that because we were living with each other, well, surely that was enough. But mm. it does make a massive difference. Oh, for sure. And that you actually 
talk and listen mm. to each other because I mean sometimes all you might talk about all day is work and yeah. like washing and dishes and yeah, you actually haven't got deep into things so I think it's really important to do as well. I'm going to book one in. So uh, thank you for the question. Okay. <laughs> well, Josh is going on his bucks this week, so I, I'm not going to be booking <gasps> oh one my in goodness, for this a week weekend. or so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we'll update you about yeah. that next week. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, you can find us online on Instagram at keepitcleaner, at laura.henshaw or at Smith, or, of course, on our website, www.keepitcleaner.com. We will be back next Wednesday. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.